morning, my friends. Welcome to week eight of season five of Be Formed. This week, we're going to look at the Sacrament of Reconciliation, also called Confession, or the Sacrament of Penance, and we're going to look at the Church Fathers. So let's begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for the sacraments, the ways that you reach out and touch us with your grace and your mercy, especially in this sacrament. Help us to appreciate the depth of your love and mercy for us. Transform our hearts and minds. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So last week, Father Max looked at the Catechism of the Catholic Church uh, on the Sacrament of Reconciliation, and he looked at some of the development of the Church. We looked at the scriptural references, and again, some of the development. Today we're going to look at what some of the Church Fathers said about the Sacrament of Reconciliation. I'm also going to share some personal stories and experiences. Don't worry, (laughs) I'm not breaking the seal of confession, Um, but just to kind of highlight uh, this beautiful sacrament from the point of view of a priest, which you might uh, not hear very often. Father Max talked about the, the Irish monks in the 6th, 7th century, uh, how they formulated private confession and it spread throughout Europe. Um, that's not to say that uh, private confession wasn't going on beforehand. So so want, want us to hear that. that we, and according to the Church Fathers that we'll look at, uh, Private confession that we know now didn't start in the 6th or 7th century. It started right at the beginning of the church, but it was formalized in in Europe by the Irish monks uh, around that time, 6th, 7th century. Um, So it seems that in most cases, the confession of sin was was not public, uh, but the penance was. So if somebody committed a very serious uh, sin, and some of the sins that they would name are adultery, uh, murder, which included abortion, um, apostasy, denying of the faith, acting against the faith, and adultery. They might confess those sins privately, but they would have them do public penance uh, in order, one, to show the severity of the sin. And if you did that once, uh, you probably weren't going to do that again. It also showed the non-Christians uh, how serious the church took sin. And that we would not be hypocrites to saying, well, anything goes. This would be true, especially for those serious sins, and especially if they were, they were public and could be scandalous. But most sins were confessed privately uh, to the priests. And, you know, faith was just different back then. You know, the church was being persecuted uh, greatly in those early years, and people were giving up their lives as martyrs for the faith. And so um, serving a public penance certainly wasn't fun, but it was nothing compared to those who gave their lives for Christ. So just to keep that in mind. So let's look at some of the church fathers and what they said about the sacrament. St. John Chrysostom, so late 2nd century, 183, 184, he says this, Whatever priests do here on earth, God will confirm in heaven just as the master ratifies the decision of his servants. Did he not give them all the powers of heaven, speaking of priests? And then he quotes 
uh, the Lectio Divina verse that we have for this week once again. Whose sins you shall forgive, he says, they are forgiven them. Whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. And so he's talking about the power and authority that Jesus gave the priests in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Um, When you go to confession, you're not confessing your sins to the priest, even though he's hearing them. The priest is acting in persona Christi. He's acting in the person of Christ, uh, who has given the priest the authority to forgive sins in his name. So only only God can forgive sins, right? And so it's God, it's Jesus forgiving those sins through the priest. So some may say, why do I have to go to a priest for confession when I can take my sins straight to God? And so I'm going to share a personal story. This is what I thought. And I was raised, when you, when you sin, when you do something wrong, you ask for forgiveness from whomever, whomever you've wronged, and you ask God for forgiveness. Um, and so when I became Catholic at the age of 18, I was baptized at 18. So the beauty of that is, All of my sins were wiped away along with original sin. So anything I committed before age 18 wiped away. Beautiful thing. And so this is what happened as Father Max was talking about in the early church. Sometimes they would wait until their deathbed for baptism so their sins would be wiped away. But the problem is we don't know when we're going to die, right? You don't know the day or the hour. And so the sacrament of reconciliation is the church's way of allowing us after baptism to uh, have our sins forgiven so that we can be reconciled with God and with the community. And so they didn't teach me how to go to confession because everything was being wiped away. And so, you know, I, I, and how often, what's the minimum that the church asks us to go to confession? How often? The minimum. The church says one year. And we're going to talk about that in, I believe that was the Council of Lateran in the year 1215. They, they recommended a yearly confession at least. But are we minimalist? <laughs> I hope not. I always say, I hope you don't say to your spouse, honey, what is the least I need to do to keep you happy? Um, we may act that way, but we would never say it, right? And sometimes we act that way with God. What's the least I need to do to slip into the back door of heaven? And so I'm not proud to say it took me nine years to go to my first confession from eight, age 18 to 27. I went on a Curcio weekend when I was 27. My friend was leading the retreat. He knew that I'd never been to confession before, and he said, there's a young priest coming. He'll walk you through the sacrament, and he doesn't speak English very well. I thought that last piece was, it kind of put me at ease that maybe, you know, he wouldn't understand what I was saying. And so I remember going into the confessional that night. My hands were sweating. I was so nervous. But for the first time in my life, I named my sins out loud. And for the first time in my life, I heard, I absolve you from your sins. And for the first time in my life, I felt forgiven. And I thought, why have I waited so long? My friends, we are tangible, physical human beings. We're not angels without bodies. You know, God can just say you're forgiven. And God can forgive sins outside the sacrament of reconciliation. God can do anything. But he's given us this sacrament, as we heard in John 20, 23, you know, He knows that as human beings, we need to name it out loud and to hear that we're forgiven. And so I just really want to encourage you to take advantage of this beautiful sacrament. Going back to the Church Fathers, Origen, in the year 248 AD, says this, A final method of forgiveness, albeit hard and laborious, 
is the remission of sins through penance when the sinner does not shrink from declaring his sin to a priest of the Lord, confessing his sins to a priest of the Lord, and from seeking medicine after the manner of him who say, I said to the Lord, I will accuse myself of my iniquity. So what's he saying is the best medicine for us as human beings is to confess our sins to a priest and receive that mercy of God through the priest. This is real grace coming from the Lord. Um, And again, the priest is acting in persona Christi. St. Cyprian in 251 AD says this, Of how much greater faith and salutary fear are they who, quote, confess their sins to the priest of God in a straightforward manner and in sorrow, making an open declaration of conscience. So here we have, uh, in the third century, directly saying they confess their sins to the priests of God. And what do we need? Uh, Sorrow. So we we need a penitent and we need a contrite heart, meaning a heart that is sorry for his or her sins, and then to make an honest confession. I know I've done it before where I've gone to confession and I I hold back on the big sins because I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed. God already knows your sins. And I can tell you as priests, we've heard it all. You can't tell a priest, unless they're brand new, something that they haven't heard before. And so put it out there. Don't hold back because you're preventing the, the fullness of God's grace from entering in. So... They're talking about confessing their sins to priests in, in 251. And we have the connection to the Eucharist, right? Because what does he go on to say? Um, that, you know, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord unworthily will be guilty of the body and blood of our Lord. So that's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27, where St. Paul says we should not receive the Eucharist unworthily, meaning if we have grave sin on our soul, we should confess those sins, receive mercy, and then come back to the to the altar. And Jesus says that if you have something against your brother, leave your gift at the altar, go reconcile, and then come back uh, to the altar. Father Max mentioned it in 325 AD then, if we're going in chronological order, the Council of Nicaea uh, confirmed definitively, definitively that sins could be forgiven after baptism so that um, they were already going to confession to priests, but this was just ratifying what was already happening. The next uh, church father, I honestly had never heard before until I'd started doing research here. His name is Afrahat the Persian Sage. <laughs> Afrahat the Persian Sage in 340 AD. Never heard of him before. But he says this. Look at what he says. You priests than who are disciples of our illustrious physi- physician, meaning Christ, you ought not deny a curative to those in need of healing. So don't deny the sacrament of reconciliation to those who need it. And if anyone uncovers his wound before you, opens up his heart, give him the remedy of what? Repentance. This is the sacrament. And he that is ashamed to make known his weakness, and how many of us are ashamed to admit our sins, encourage him so that he will not hide it from you. I often say to a penitent when they come in, especially when they say, Father, it's been 20 or 30 years, I quote scripture, quote Jesus, who says, there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents 
and over 99 who have no need of God's forgiveness. And so there's a party in heaven, as we hear the prodigal son story. When we turn back to the Father, he runs to us with his mercy. And then he says this, And when he has revealed it to you, his sins, do not make it public, lest because of it the innocent might be reckoned as guilty by our enemies and by those who hate us. And so he's uh, recommending here to not make, uh, well, one, it's the seal of confession. So one of the things priests cannot do is if you tell your sins to someone, we could never connect you with that sin ever, or we could lose our priesthood. We, uh, the faculties to be a priest could be taken away from us. So, uh, and we should not deny this sacrament. Uh, funny story, the day of my ordination, June 1st, 2002, uh, we're processing out of the church. And, uh, you know, I'm just full of joy. Can't believe that I'm a priest of Jesus Christ. And we go outside, we take a picture with the bishop, and then they're whisking us over to the to the gym for the reception so we don't get caught in the, the crowd. It was a packed cathedral. And on my way over, someone stopped me, says, Father, um, can you hear my confession? And I said, let me find you a priest. <laughs> I was so used to not being a priest that I, it, they said it takes a couple years for a priest to understand his identity as a priest. And it's so true. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm a priest. And there's, they say there's special graces when you go to confession to um, a newly ordained priest. And so that was my first confession some five minutes after uh, the ordination mass finished. One more church father, St. Basil, uh, 374 AD, so 4th century. This is what he said. It is necessary to confess our sins to those to whom the dispensation of God's mysteries is entrusted. In other words, he's saying it's necessary to confess your sins to the priest because it's to the priest that God's mysteries have been entrusted. Those doing penance of old are found to have done it before the saints. It is written in the gospel that they confess their sins to John the Baptist. So he's saying this goes all the way back to uh, John the Baptist, where they confessed their sins to him. But in Acts 19, verse 18, they confessed to the apostles. So here we have right in scripture, um, people confessing their sins to those that have been entrusted the mysteries of God. Um, so he's pointing to apostolic succession here. Jesus gave this authority to his apostles to forgive sins and to you know, everyone that they ordained and everyone that they ordained after them, which would be even the priest of today. That's why this apostolic succession is so, uh, so important. A couple things. Reconciliation. I love etymology, the, the origin of words. Re concilia in Latin. Re means to do again. Con, it means with. If you study Spanish, also. Cilia or cilia are your eye, your, I'm sorry, I'm pointing to my eyebrows, your eyelashes. So with your eyelashes again, meaning when we reconcile, when you sin against someone, what happens? Your head goes down, you can't even look that person in the eye. Reconciliation means I can look at you again, eye to eye, eyelash to eyelash. And so when we sin against God and the community, we normally our heads are down, we we're beating ourselves up inside. 
But when we confess our sins and we receive the mercy of God, we can once again look God and others eye to eye, eyelash to eyelash. So I really want to encourage you um, to take advantage of this sacrament. We're about four weeks away from Advent, but I wouldn't wait for Advent if, if you can go earlier. I know we're going to add hours of confessions here at St. Isaac Jogues to make this sacrament more readily available because it is, it's such a, a place of grace for us. I mentioned uh, the, the Fourth Lateran Council in 1215 is when they prescribe yearly confession, minimum once a year, uh, but we're not minimalist. And that, it, that encouragement that this was happening, you know, before the Irish monks, private confession, this was happening actually at the time of Christ and he was giving them the authority. If, they, if he gave them the authority to forgive sins, it means that people were telling them their sins. So, something more about as a priest sitting in the confessional, I realize how much I need God's mercy. It drives me crazy when I hear those horror stories of people getting yelled at in the confessional for not knowing their prayers or not making a good confession. Yeah, there is a, an order to confession, but boy, we are there to be instruments of God's mercy. If we read the scriptures, we see how merciful the Lord was, how he met people where they were, he loved them without judgment and condemnation, and then he called them to holiness. And that's what, that's what the sacrament of reconciliation is all about, meeting people where they're at in their brokenness, loving them, not condemning, not judging, and then through God's mercy, then as, as Jesus told the, the adulterous woman, Now go and sin no more. Once again, we encourage you to do Lectio Divina this week on the same scripture. And again, uh, John chapter 20, verses 21 to 23. Uh, You've heard two videos now on this sacrament. Um, What's speaking to your hearts? How does this this scripture speak to your heart? Maybe you're asking, can God actually forgive me through the priest's? What's keeping me from humbling myself before the Lord and opening my conscience to the Lord in this beautiful sacrament of reconciliation? So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this time together. We thank you for our B-Form groups, our prayer partners, the ways that you're transforming our hearts. Increase our faith. Help us to trust in you that these sacraments are beautiful ways of you reaching out and touching us with your grace. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We only have about five weeks left, so an encouragement with your commitment cards. Keep praying for one another. Encourage your your prayer partners. Keep, uh, if you can, attending your your small groups. And and bring bring your workbook to Mass with you. You know, write down what's, what's striking your heart today. Um, trying to do some a little bit of Lexio Divina every day. Next week, we're going to hear from one of our young priests again, Father James Garaccio, uh, who's going to be talking about the anointing of the sick. And so God bless you, and uh, um, let us take advantage of this beautiful sacrament of reconciliation. Take care. <laughs>